Hey everybody, thank you for joining me today. Oh, got a good topic on hand, you know why? Because it's about reality and eternity. Two, the reality of life and also the eternity of life. This is New Hope Radio, and don't forget you can catch the New Hope, what's the name of it? The Hope, <laughs> the Hope Club Podcast. That's where you can get these messages anytime on demand. We're in a series entitled Life After Death. Some folks don't believe in life after death. You know what? That's okay. But there is life after death. And, you know, it's the most important topic anyone could ever learn. And that's why it's very sad that it's also, I think, the most neglected topic as well. I think some people don't want to face it. They don't want to hear about it. Maybe they fear it. Maybe they don't believe in it. I don't know. But it's a reality. And I think just most people in the world, they're just not that concerned about their own mortality. They're not... It's not in their list of priorities. They're not thinking about what their death will be like. Especially what follows. What follows death. Well, here's why we know something follows death. As we said earlier, when God breathed into Adam's nostrils, he became a living being. He came alive physically and spiritually. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being, okay? Adam came alive. Now, the word life, as we said before, it's in the plural, which means lives. Adam received physical life, and he also received spiritual life life. And remember, we noted the word for death, thanatos. Thanatos means separation. It doesn't mean cessation. It means separation. At physical death, the soul and the spirit are separated from the body. At spiritual death, the soul is separated from God. Whoa, that's called the second death. That's where you don't want to be when you die. No, you don't want to experience the second death because that's the eternal one that lasts forever and ever. So finally, we noted that all are born spiritually dead. We're all born alienated from God, dead to God. That's how we're born. Paul said to the Ephesians that you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, what? We were made alive together with Christ. And by grace, you have been saved. So we're all born dead to God, but through Christ, we're made alive to God. A relationship has been restored, but it's only through Christ. And that's why, you know, people with dead spirits that are alienated from God, that try to be religious and put themselves on these works programs, That doesn't get it done. Nothing we do can make us alive to God. 
The only thing we can do is have faith in Christ. Faith saves us. Okay? Faith in who Christ is and what he did for us on the cross. I ask you, is that that difficult? I don't know. Not to me. It's not that difficult to me. So that's a quick review of what we had last time. Today I want us to see what Jesus said about death. He said a few things about it. We're going to look at five things that Jesus said about death. Number one, he talked about Marriage in eternity after we die. And that's in Luke chapter 20. The Sadducees were a religious group. And uh, they didn't believe in the resurrection. They believed when you're dead, you're dead. Boom. That's it. Game over. Okay? So, let me ask you. Do you believe in the resurrection? Where you will meet God? I hope you do, because they had it wrong. So, they asked Jesus a question. They said, if a woman had seven husbands, and if there was a resurrection, who would be your husband? Hmm. What do you think, Jesus? Seven husbands on the earth, which guy's going to be your husband in heaven? Well, Jesus had an answer. Verse 35 of Luke 20. He said, those who are considered worthy to attain to that age and the resurrection from the dead. And I think he kind of threw a little jab at them because what does it mean to be worthy to attain that resurrection? Worthy due to faith in Christ. That's what makes us worthy. Nothing we can do, but it's what we believe in, putting our faith in Christ. Oh, that makes us worthy, okay? So those who are worthy, he said, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, so you don't get married in heaven. They cannot even die anymore. That's good, because they're like the angels. And they're sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. Now, how are we like the angels? We're not angelic beings. That's not what that means. We're like the angels in the sense that angels do not procreate. So in heaven, we will not procreate. Um, we have no biblical record of female angels or baby angels. We see a lot of pictures, don't we, of baby angels playing hops and female angels coming to earth, and they don't exist, not in the Word of God, okay? So he says, we're like them in the sense that we're not really married to each other, but you see, as the church, we're the bride of Christ. We're married to Christ. And that speaks of a very personal and intimate relationship that we'll have with him in heaven. But how do you get there? Faith. You have to respond. It's like Jesus says, will you marry me? And you say, yes. Right? Most ladies that get married are asked to get married by their boyfriend or their husband. Not husband, but, you know, the guy they're with. Sometimes the girls ask the guys, will you marry me? But usually it's, will you marry me, right? And she has to respond. If she doesn't respond, guess what? They're not getting married. She has to say, yes, I'll marry you. So Christ offers us an invitation. Would you like to be my bride? And we say, yes. How do you do it? You believe in me as your savior. You let my shed blood wash away all your sins, and I can receive you to myself. And there it is. 
And then we're married to Christ. We're his bride. Okay? Speaks of that intimate relationship with him. Secondly, Jesus talked about the time of one's death in John chapter 21. See, we often wonder why someone dies when they do. Why so young? Why this sickness? Why that accident? Even in martyrdom, so many questions about death we have. In John chapter 21, Jesus made a statement about the death of the Apostle John. And as far as applying this to everyone, it still remains a mystery to me. Some things are still difficult to figure out. But Jesus is in a conversation with Peter. And in verse 18, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, talking to Peter, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. Now, why did Jesus say that? Well, the next verse tells us why. This he said signifying by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. So he said, Peter, when you're young, you kind of led yourself. But when you get older, you're going to be led by others. Could be the Holy Spirit. And lead you to a place that you don't want to go in the flesh. Because you're going to be moderate, Peter, for the faith. You're going to be killed for me. And when he had spoken this, Jesus said to Peter, follow me. Follow me, Peter. And Peter looked over at John, the other disciple, and you know what he said? What about him? And Jesus said to Peter, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. And it seems like Jesus is saying, our days are in the hands of God. If he remains as long as I want him to, then he will. But Peter, don't worry about him. You follow me. You know, how often does the Bible say that our lives are in God's hands as far as the duration of our life? In Deuteronomy 29, Moses wrote, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our sons forever. And what does that mean? that there are some things that we just don't know. God has not chosen to reveal everything to us. Some things still remain a mystery. I don't know when I'm going to die, but I know where I'll be after I die. I'll be with God. How do I know that? Because I put my faith in Christ. And I know, and I believe the Word of God, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Boom, that simple. In Job chapter 14, in verse 5, you know what it says? Speaking of man, since his days are determined, the number of his months is with you, speaking of God, and his limits, you, God, have set so that he cannot pass. Oh, since his days are determined, the word determined means to decide or to cut. Okay, so God determines how long people will live. Now, is this a general 
are a personal application. I mean, maybe a little both. I think there are some ways that people die they are not really the plan of God. Suicide is never the plan of God. God knows that person will die when they do, but he doesn't determine it because it's against his own virtue. Okay? It's against his own attributes. So he wouldn't determine something that conflicts with his nature. And the taking of one's own life conflicts with the nature of God. In Psalm 31, verse 15, the psalmist wrote, My times are in your hand, speaking of God. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. And the word times, when he said, my times are in your hands, it means my course of life. Not only when my life will end, but where my life will go. See, if we follow God, he leads us and guides us in the way that we should go. But we don't follow, when we don't follow him, you know what? On your own. Oh yeah. On your own. There's dangerous waters out there when you don't follow God. But I love Psalm 139. Maybe that's my favorite Psalm. But in Psalm 139, I'm going to give you just verse 16. And here's what the psalmist said. I think it was David. And he said, Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. Wow. What is David saying? That God knows exactly how many days I'm going to live even before I'm born. Wow. That's the omniscience of God. Not that he makes it happen, but he knows when it'll happen. So he knows how long I'm going to live. He knows how long you're going to live. And by whatever means you check out, God knows. Hmm. The third thing Jesus said about death, and this is one of the better ones. I like this one. You can live forever with God. You like that one? You can live forever with God. In John chapter 6, verse 50, Jesus is speaking about himself. And he said, This is the bread which comes down out of heaven, so that one may eat of it, oh, and not die. Wow, there's a bread that comes down out of heaven. If I eat that bread, I'm not going to die. What's the bread? Verse 51, Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also, which I will give for the life of the world, is my flesh. What's Jesus saying? Saying, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to atone for the sins of the whole world. Everybody that ever lived, I'm going to pay their debt. And those that receive me will reap the benefit of my sacrifice. And you will live forever with God. Now, it's a mystery to me why someone would say, Jesus, you know what? I don't want you to pay for my sins. That's a mystery to me. What do you think you have to gain by saying that and by believing that? Jesus, I don't need you as my Savior. 
What do you have to gain? You're not going to gain anything. But there's, there's a lake that burns with fire that is waiting for those that say, Jesus, I don't need you to pay for my sins. Because what you're saying is, I'll pay for them myself. And for all of eternity, you'll be paying for those sins. Eternity is forever. It's the longest time. So Jesus, when he said, I'm the bread that comes down out of heaven, he's comparing himself to the manna that gave physical life to the Jews in the Exodus in the wilderness. Remember the manna came down every morning? Every morning they woke up and there was manna on the ground. And that manna was like bread or little bread cakes and they and they baked it into all kinds of things and it gave them physical nourishment. Jesus said, I'm the true bread and I'm going to give you spiritual nourishment, spiritual life. And this is why he came. He came to change our eternal destiny. Remember, we're born alienated from God. And he said, that's no good. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to come and atone for their sins so those that do accept me, they'll be forgiven. And their relationship with God will be restored once again. But remember, you have to say yes. If you say no, then it's no. And if you say nothing, then it's no. The only yes is a yes. The fourth thing Jesus said about death, and this is kind of what I've been hopping on, to reject him is to die lost. We're in John chapter 8. Jesus is in a conversation with the Pharisees. You know, The Pharisees were the religious leaders that were supposed to lead people to God. And they didn't. They failed in their calling. And when Christ came on the scene, they were supposed to say, there he is, there's the Messiah. But they didn't, because they didn't believe in him. And Jesus said to them in verse 23, You are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Why were they of this world? Because they were steeped in religion. But he said, I'm not of this world. There's nothing of God in you, Jesus is saying to them. He's saying, I'm all God, but there's nothing of God in you. And then he said, therefore, I say to you that you will die in your sins I mean, if Jesus looked at me in the eye and said, you will die in your sins, I would like throw up. I'd be so sickly. I'd be like, no, Jesus, no. I don't want to die in my sins. And he said, unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So he made a way out. If you believe in me, you're not going to die in your sins. The word die, you know, we have that one little three-letter word, right? Die. In the Greek, it's a compound word. Apo, thanesko. Apo means off or away from. Thanesko means to be dead. Remember, it's from the word thanatos, separated. So it means to be dead away from God. That's a bad place. To be dead 
eternally away from God. But you see, it doesn't have to be. He extends the invitation to the whole world. It doesn't have to be. People just have to, they just have to say, yes. Yes, Lord. I believe. The fifth thing that I'm going to mention in the last one that Jesus spoke about death. He said, if you believe, again, you know, he, he, he has a lot of positive slants to it, which I'm glad. You'll never die. It's in John chapter 11. Lazarus, the friend of Jesus, and also the brother of Mary and Martha, had died physically. And when Jesus arrived, Lazarus was already four days in the tomb. And Jesus arrived at the tomb, and he said, Your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. See, even Martha knew about life after death. Martha's in heaven with her brother, right? And this is why she knew about the resurrection and life after death. Because Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. They all believed in him. Lazarus did. Martha did. Mary did. And then Jesus said, everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Now, he doesn't mean they won't die physically, because we all do, because of sin. But we won't die away from God. We won't experience the second death, eternal alienation from God. No, we will be absent from the body, present with the Lord. And what is it that we are to believe about Christ? Not, you know, not people have their own idea. Well, I believe in the baby Jesus. I believe in the the teacher. I believe in the moral leader. No, this is what you need to believe about Christ. Because Martha had it right. She said, yes, Lord. I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. Martha got it right. She knew that Jesus was the Son of God, that he came into the world to atone for the sins of all people. And that's why she was born again. That's why she's in heaven today. So that's what Jesus said about death and dying. I don't know. Important topic to me. The most important topic. More important than where do you want to go on vacation? Where do you want to go out to eat? What kind of car should we get? Because all those things are temporal. This thing, this thing's eternal. Are you kidding me? It lasts forever. So here's what Jesus said. In eternity future, there's no marriage. We don't marry each other. Our, Our earthly marriages are dissolved in heaven, and we're married, in a sense, to Christ. We're the bride of Christ. And that speaks of a beautiful, personal, intimate relationship with him. Secondly, Jesus said, the issues of life and death are in his hands. He knows exactly how long every person will live. Thirdly, you can live forever with God. You can. 
God so loved the world that what? He gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, you will not perish. You will have everlasting life. There it is. You can live forever with God. Fourthly, uh uh-oh, to reject him is to die lost in sin. Because when you die in your sins, you're void of the righteousness that Christ gives when you believe. And in order to live with God, you have to have righteousness. So if you're void of that righteousness, you can't live with God. And there's only two destinations in eternity future, heaven and hell. That's it. There's no third place. There's no planet where unbelievers go. And because all people have the breath of God, you're going to go somewhere because everybody lives forever somewhere. So you don't want to die lost in your sins. And fifthly, as Jesus said, if you believe in him, you'll never die. That's the second death. You'll never die. That summarizes what's really important in life. Next time we're together, we're going to wrap up this little mini-series, and we're going to see where do our spirits go after we die? Where do they go? You know, again, there are only two destinations, and oh, I hope and I pray that everybody and anybody that hears these messages would make the right choice. That in humility, you would acknowledge the truth about yourself and the fact that you need a Savior. Where do our spirits go after we die? Join me next time. Don't want to miss it. I, You know what? I share these messages with people. If you care about people that are right now lost, separated from God, turn them on to these messages. Send them to the Hope Club podcast. Look for the series, Life After Death. Find those messages. They're right on top. Because this is eternity. It's forever. That's why we need you to join the Hope Club, too, because these messages are going all over the world. NewHopeRadio.live. Go there. Click the menu bar. Read all about it. You send us three bucks a week. We send you an email every day, devotional. Nice way to get started off for the day. And what a service you're doing. What a favor to people that are yet far from God. Thanks for coming along today. We'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.